Hello, Blunderers. This here's Brunder Stoneforge of the Clan Stoneforge, Forge Cleric of Moradin, and co-owner of Moradin's Hammer, the finest dwarven run in in Waterdeep. I'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons. Shell Scott, Chelsea Dab and Cheryl Nash, Heather Baird and David Forsey, Noreen Elizabeth, Michelle B, Olga Krasik, Jason Campbell, Michael Pollard, Mike Hammond, Chris Walsh, Mary Rain, Matthew Smats, Gullitice, Ian Ford, and Nick Scott. Moradin, God of the Dwarves, smiles upon you all. Now, onward to adventure! Welcome back, my fat sons! It is I, Fredo, to catch you up! on how little of this mystery these Clusers have uncovered. When we last left them, they had finished searching Herrick's room, where they discovered some poison had been stolen. Meanwhile, Kara, disguised as Pinky the Marmot, found a warrant for Nightshade's arrest, but was caught by Noir, who seemed to see through her act. The family went to the vault and tried to use their keys to access the pearl but they clearly had different ideas for what their wish should be for. When they left the vault, they saw a freaking white dragon, fucking sick, peering through the observatory window. Let's get back to it and watch a dragon eat everybody. Daggers out! Ben, as you're looking up and looking out through the window, Slowly, as as the outside gets revealed by this sort of increasing iris, you see like what looks like chunks of jagged ice that weren't there before. And then as the more and more of the dome is revealed, you see a big spiny sort of frill. And then you see two of these like intelligent purple tinged eyes and this huge reptilian snout as you see the head of a white and blue dragon just peering through the window at all of you as the snow swirls around it. Dial it again, yeah, dial it again, dial it again, dial it again. <laughs> just start like grabbing her and shaking her. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, Ben is just like, can that get in? Pa- Paulina says, uh, no, no need to worry. Uh, she's intimidating looking, but not a threat. Uh, and she sort of nods and like sort of bows a little bit. And the others do the same. They they bow. The same, yeah. bows. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ben and does a, a slow late bow. I mean, after everyone else does. And the dragon, looking over all of you, uh, also just nods its head forward in acknowledgement. Um, and Paulina says, "This is Ventris. 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 V. Yes. Uh, v e n." T-H-R-I-S-S. I, I'm just imagining Paulina spelling it out to us like every time. Yeah. <laughs> the no, character has to go. Everybody oh, takes out notebooks. Yeah. yeah. Um, do we know, do I know what this dragon's name translates to? Uh, it is not a draconic name. Okay. So that that would be strange. You, you, I think, would be like, that's not, that's not that dragon's yeah. name. And Paulina says she is, um, one of General Noir's uh, partners, I guess. Mount sounds strange, but that's what it is. He she, he uh, he rides they, a dragon. 
Yes, they, they work together to uh, keep peace in the court. What? That is awesome. And the dragon is sort of looking in at all of you, and you see its eyes go to the chair where Ken is, and this sad look comes over the dragon's face. And it kind of, like, raises this huge claw, and this blue claw just sort of, like, taps against the glass above where Ken sits and just sort of like slowly drags down, like not creating a, a terrible sound or anything, but just like she's reaching for him. Oh, oh she's hungry. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bree, I think she's sad that he died. <laughs> I believe they once worked together. Oh. You'd be sad when we died, right? If we died, when we die. Uh, it uh, depends on many things, but... Uh... That is a complicated question. You won't eat us, would you? Why wouldn't I? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Rowan would just shrug and be like, I, well, I wouldn't mind. No, uh, Brazizia, I would not. Why not? I have spent all this time getting so fat. <laughs> Please let us move on. Let, let's, let's go find Norbus. So weird, these humans. Kara's no, going died, to Bree. give Bree a pat on the arm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you died, Bree, Valen, would, he'd put you on a big stone table and cover you with flowers and perfume, and he'd cry and cry and cry, probably. Well, it is good to season the meat beforehand, but... <laughs> yeah, but humans don't really, don't really do that kind of stuff. Such a bizarre culture. Yeah, tell <laughs> me about it. You're right, Ben. I would mourn Bree's passing. Yeah, I bet you would. That's not something to be ashamed of. <laughs> okay. We'll talk more about this right. later. Okay. We go uh, find Norbert. <laughs> <laughs> pa- Pauline is kind of looking up at Ventris, and uh, Ventris is looking back, seems to have uh, shifted her focus to Paulina. As you go back to the door, yeah. uh, who's who's leaving, who's staying? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Ben is going to just kind of drift over uh, to Paulina. Mm. So Pauline is going to the sitting room. Is anyone else who's going to see Noir? We wanted to search Paulina's room as well. Yeah, I, as much as I want to see what Noir's up to, I, I'm also kind of tracking Paulina. I also want to see Paulina's room. It would be good to. We have searched Herrick's room. It would be good to search the others. Uh, Paulina, would you be all right if we uh, if you come with us? Um, and and she kind of like pulls her vision away from Ventris and, and says, yeah, yes, uh, of, of course, that, that would that would be perfect, actually. It gives me a chance to sit. Great. And she leads you back to the back to the door. I think as she's uh, walking, Ben is kind of trailing behind her, and he's like, so are you from Menzo Baranzin? She looks down and says, no, um, uh, my, my family is, or okay. was, not uh, wow. the... An old city. Many of us have taken residence on the on surface. Uh, the underdark was a little stuffy for me. Okay. Did you did you know Nancy Drow? Um, she's from Menzo Branson. Solves mysteries and poisonings, mainly poisonings. Uh, many people are very proud of her accomplishments. Um, but not actually her real name. I'm sure you guessed that. It's a pseudonym. <laughs> I I didn't. <laughs> Is that not a that's not a Drow name? No, uh, her, her name is actually Neelith Blah. 
So you can see why she wouldn't use it. Nice. Yeah. That sounds a, like yeah. a noise you make when you throw it up. Sounds like when you throw up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it does. That's, I could see why you change it. You know. Are the Blas a powerful family? Uh, no, not at all. She brought them up quite a bit, actually. They were, I mean, how do you, who's going to take them seriously? I mean, it, it's a cruel, it's a cruel world. <laughs> Heard that. It's pretty bad down there. I'm glad you got out. Or were you born there? Or was your family already uh, fled? Uh, she is leading you now into the hall. So you're making your way into the bedroom. So anybody who wants to go to the bedroom, you're making your way in. And she says, no, I, I wasn't born there. My family hasn't lived there in generations. Um, and uh, it gets a lot of flack, but I have visited. And it's been a long time since it has been the way that uh, the stories say it is. Oh. Not such a bad place to visit if, you, uh, if you're looking for a change of pace. Well, maybe we'll find our way there. That it's lousy with magic. It is. Quite exciting. Uh, so as the door opens to her bedroom, she has this sort of large, extravagant bedroom. The walls are just, like, posted with maps. She has a huge cartography table with all sorts of, like, pins and strings drawn through it of different, like, routes that she has taken. Um, a lot of, like, hand-drawn annotations. And she just sits on this large sort of four-post bed and says, uh, do as you will. Oh, I start ransacking the room. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Herrick was like, don't touch anything. If she's telling us, like, go nuts, uh, Bree is just going to start, like, opening drawers and, and rifling through them, um, flipping over pillows. I think Ben's going to just kind of plop on the bed next to her and just kind of... Yeah. I'm looking around, around for a, one of those wardrobes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So the ward... There is a wardrobe summoned in here. Are you looking for the small, the like, the small replica? Well, if I, if I see that there is a, a wardrobe, I would, I think, immediately just ask Polina... Um, and Paulina, do you have the replica for summoning and dismissing your wardrobe? And she says, um, yes, I believe it's just on the desk. Sure enough, on the cartography table next to the wardrobe is her miniature. Bree, oh. you can make an investigation check. I will. Oh. Seven minus one. Six. Yeah, so you're just tearing this place apart. A lot of a lot of writing with not a whole lot of meaning. Sounds about right. Yeah. I don't and know what's what Beatrice... <laughs> And while uh, Bree is tearing everything apart, how, how's uh, Beatrice reacting to all that? Uh, Paulina? Oh, Paulina, yes. Uh, Paulina is like, even though Bree is like not handling maps very gently, you can hear tearing paper, I assume. No. Oh. <laughs> um, but Paulina is not looking up. She's staring straight ahead while this happens, not reacting. Hmm. Yeah, so Ben, I think, could just say to her, so how long were you and uh, Ken uh, adventurers for? We were together, I believe it was 128 years. Whoa. That's a long time. Almost to the day. Yes, we had we had quite a life. It's a shame how things turned out. I just thought... I mean, I thought we had more time. Yeah, you don't miss the water till the well runs dry, eh? That's true. Does she seem, she's, does she seem actually she seem, sad? She is yeah. really taking a turn since acting. coming back here. Uh, really since that sigh in the observatory after you were talking about the finger of death she's really taken a turn she's become much more somber uh, star when she was talking to ben you would have seen she was talking to him in the same sort of distractedly honest way that she was talking to you when she first saw ken's body mm, right okay interesting paulina uh, i've got a well i don't want to be insensitive 
but, but I have a question. That finger of death spell, what do you know about it? Are you asking if I can cast it? Well, I'm asking what you know about it. That would include casting, I suppose, but when we were talking about it in the room, and my, I'm kind of low, like Ben can probably hear because he's right next to us, but unless you're you're close, like I'm, I'm trying to kind of be a little hushed about it. Um, but uh, when we were in that room, you, you seemed a little disturbed and, and then a little uh, relieved when, when the conversation switched to other things. I'm uh, just looking into it. Uh, make a persuasion check. Oh, uh, 18. Can I? 30, 20. Yes, I I can cast it. I'm sure that's what you're wondering. I do have a, have a knowledge of it. My god grants me a few necromantic abilities. I was even a bit of a tutor for Beatrice, even though she would never admit it. So, uh, well, that doesn't explain your, your relief uh, when we change subject. Did you want to elaborate a little on that? And she is looking up at you now, and she has tears, like, welling in her eyes. Yeah, and my, says, my face is sort of sad, and, and I'm, I'm trying to not be threatening or, or, like, aggressive in any way at all. I I did cast it on him. Hmm. The spell on his body is from me. Well, you had a bit of an argument, eh? Kind of. I went to see him after dinner. I went to the observatory waiting for him to show up. Uh, my original intention was to apologize and to give him his birthday present, but uh, he was distracted looking for Venthris. So we began to argue at which point I saw that he was tinkering with the pearl and I asked him what he was going to do with it, thinking he might just wish us away or wish us into some timeline where we actually gave more of a shit about him. Um, but he told me that he was going to give it to us and that it would be our responsibility to use it. Hmm. Uh, he asked me to provide some guidance for the children and how to do it. I, I am also part of the reason that we could not use our keys in that room. I, see. I do want Ken back, but not in the way that the others do. I wouldn't hmm. want to say this around the children, but I cast that spell on him, hoping to kill him. I see so that I could take the pearl and wish us back to 70 years ago. When you were adventurers? When we started parting ways. Would that wish away your children? Most likely. But it was my hope that we could find a way to do both. Mm, to bring the family on the road as I had wanted to. I've had a long time to think about the day that we decided to settle down, and that was what forced us apart, and I've thought a lot about it and I, I think if I went back and if we tried again that we could have taken the family on the road that we could have left the Winter Court's army behind as he wanted and traveled yeah. the world like I wanted hmm. um, Gret's a, a powerful motivator I, I understand that but in my haste I did forget until you had that conversation Mr. Valen with Beatrice I was fairly convinced that I was the one who killed him I thought maybe that even though the boon had kept him alive after I cast the spell on him, that perhaps it had just killed him anyway afterwards, but it seems that maybe my spell is what weakened him to the point that he was able to be killed after all. So, and so when you left him, he, he was still alive? Yes, he was. I mean, I cast the spell not fully believing that it would work, because again, it's, it's Ken, he's protected, he can't be killed by such means, but the spell had more of an effect than I was expecting it to have on him. He seemed exhausted. And I, even though that the spell did not directly kill him, I still feel responsible because, well, I, I believe I used up the last of the energy that he had to keep himself going. Whatever got him next must have done him in. 
And this, this protection, this, this is something the, the whole family's aware of. Yes. And none of us would have actually seen it in action until now. He's lived quite a calm life. So, so in, in arguments, and I know families are, can, can be a messy thing. I mean, we, we were at dinner, but in arguments or, or in scuffles or in lovers quarrels, you know, years ago, knowing he had this protection, it, did it become a kind of uh, an outlet in any way where, where, you know, you'd, and I'm using air quotes, uh, kill him in the argument, knowing that he wouldn't actually die. And it's just sort of a way to vent frustration. You, you know what I mean? Was that something that kind of became habitual? No, uh, as far as I know, none of us have ever tried to kill, actually kill Ken before. Uh, we don't, none of us get along, but we are still family. I, no, of course, I truly have a hard time believing that any of the children would have done this. I'm going to reveal a card to you, Beatrice. Uh, I keep calling you Beatrice. I'm sorry. There's so many names. Uh, Paulina, <laughs> I, I'm going to reveal a card to you. And I'm looking at everybody else who's in there to see what their expressions are. And if nobody is shaking their head at me, I'm going to be like, we, uh, w- well, uh, Herrick, uh, as you know, has a, uh, a flare with poisons. And uh, he noticed when we were going through his things that, uh, that some of his poison was missing. Now, he, he seemed just as surprised about that as, as we were. I, I don't think he was lying to us about knowing where it might have went, but uh, it is something to, to bear in mind, because we did find some of that poison in his system as well. Are you saying that you think Herrick killed him? No, no, no. Uh, what I'm saying is that there seems like, uh, however he died, uh, there was a lot of care taken to make sure that as many of you could be implicated as possible. Yes, well... It's clear whoever did it had a plan, but I just don't understand why. I, I, I don't understand why anyone besides me would have wanted to kill him. I mean, it was true that I I did. I fully intended to when I stood there to, to cast him dead and then wish him back. Wish both of us back to a, to a better time, but... Yeah. So you cast, you cast the spell on him and then you just left? Yes. Was Pinky there? Yes, he was. Ben kind of nods. Well, he came in as I was leaving, I believe. I I don't believe he was there for the full argument. Pinky comes and goes as he pleases, that's right? Yes, Pinky is always uh, running around. I assume he was getting the house ready for dinner. Ken has him running off his feet and most of the time. you're aware that Ken has cast uh, some sort of dimensional lock on Pinky? No, I I mean, I, I don't know anything about well, that. Well, as, as a familiar, he would normally return to the Fae when um, dismissed and upon the death of his summoner. Um, but it appears that uh, at some point, uh, Kenoith, um wishing for this tower to become Pinky's home plane, cast a spell that would bind him to it. And that is why he remains here even after Kenoith's death. He's bound to this tower? Well, that, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, it can be dangerous, the magical experimentation. Perhaps he was just tired of resummoning him. Did he experiment on Pinky? I wouldn't put it past him, but, uh, I mean, they're quite good friends. I, I doubt he would do anything especially malicious to Pinky on purpose. So this lock was not a method of imprisonment, in your opinion? I wouldn't think so. I, I mean, uh, <laughs> what is the morality of a familiar? You pull them from their home and have them do your bidding for you? Uh, yeah. I've never been that comfortable with them myself. They don't get to choose? I thought... I thought familiars loved 
working for wizards? I'm sure some do. I do. It always just seems strange to me. I've never had one myself, so I, I don't know the relationship. I do know that it's costly to bring them back from wherever they go. Well, they, they go to the familiar farm. <laughs> yes, but uh, we, we all know that the, the milk truck that goes to and from the farm that they sit on the back of to ride back to their wizard companion, uh, that driver has to feed his, his family. You, you know what I'm saying. It's, a, it's expensive to pay the driver who goes to the familiar farm. <laughs> right. I didn't know about the driver, but Nim told me about the farm where he gets his familiars. Hmm. Anyway... One more, one, one more question. How well do, do you know Pinky yourself? Um, I mean, how well can you know? Uh, he's he's been with us for decades. A long time. Okay. What, what do you think you'd be able to tell if if somebody you know if Pinky was replaced with with a simulacrum of uh, of some sort? Um, maybe Pinky did enter mm. using his regular door, which, as far as I know, no one else could do. Mm. That magic is that a similar magic to, to these, uh, to these wardrobes, or, or is that something unique to, to Pinky? Only Pinky can do the doors, as far as I can tell, or, and can, of course. Right. But uh, I, I, I'm sure you know this of familiars. Basically, anything that the most of the spells that a wizard can cast can also be cast through or, or by their familiar. What kind of sense of humor did Ken have? Uh, you know, would this is this beyond him to be? Uh, this is crass, and, and I apologize. Uh, this is—is is this beyond him to be uh, an elaborate practical joke? It is not entirely beyond him. I, I had my suspicions that maybe he was doing this as sort of a family bonding exercise of some kind. Mm. Uh, his idea of a family vacation was throwing us into a level of his donjon, right, so right. Um, wouldn't be too strange. But uh, he would have giggled by now. Mm, I'm sorry. It's I'm possible sorry. his plan went awry, and he did not intend to kill himself perhaps brought about his own end. He was careful. I, I would doubt it. Mm. I would doubt that, uh, but I mean, and why? Why would he, why would he fake his own? I mean, I, I suppose to get us to come together, but he must have known that we'd be at each other's throats immediately. Um, you, you can do, um, you have powerful, like, magic, right? From God, from your yes. God. Can you bring him back from the dead? I am afraid not. It is uh, part of the boon. Uh, he was given a choice, really. If, if he did want to leave this this realm, uh, then the boon would allow him to die. Uh, he's, he is not trapped in immortality. But when he did move on from this plane, his soul would be claimed by Celestia. Hmm. What if what if after you did, did the spell on him, what if he was upset and decided to die? I believe... He would be lumbering around as a zombie under my control right now, if that were true, if the spell did kill him. We know that someone entered afterwards because the pinky was thrown about. Hmm. Maybe after he got stabbed, he decided to die. Well, yes, that's that's possible, but who stabbed him? I will okay. say, when I was leaving, the reason that our conversation ended was because Venthris showed up outside. He was completely enamored by her, so uh, he very quickly ignored me. Oh, so we should ask if Ventress saw anything. Maybe. She was there after I left. If Pinky didn't see and anything, then maybe Ventress you... saw who knocked out Pinky. And one last, uh, can you cast uh, Speak with Dead? Can I? 
Let me Google my spell book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, rats, I didn't prepare that today. Yes, if I, if I slept, if I slept, I may be able to be granted that, uh, that ability from Najem, but uh, I, would, uh, I, I would need to spend some time in prayer. Well, perhaps if, if we don't settle this today, first thing in the morning. Yes, yes. Well, I'm just going out on a limb here, but uh, so if, if Ken had to agree to die, right, he had to choose to do it, and then he was perhaps stabbed, and he was furthermore perhaps stabbed by a member of his family, and yet he knew in the will that you had to work together in order to use the pearl. This is a, there is tension between all these goals, no? That is yeah. true. I, I, I will say that I, my belief is that my spell sapped the last of his power to stay alive. I, I believe mm. it would have killed him if not for the boon, but it worked much more effectively than it should have. Um, I, I believe he was already exhausted, maybe perhaps. from the party preparation. Yes, perhaps. Yeah. He was already oh, from, weakened. Maybe from rescuing us. Yeah, he expended quite that. He said... Mm. Mm. I, for one, would like to see what Ventress might have seen. Um, perhaps Kara uh, would like to uh, inquire as to Norbert's whereabouts. And we, we still haven't checked um, Terry's room or Beatrice's. Yeah, Snipe but check. it wasn't Terry, so... Well, this room is certainly clear. Uh, where he says, in like a pile of probably like feathers from the pillows that have been torn apart. <laughs> <laughs> I think that we should talk to Beatrice. No? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, she seems right. to be the one. She seems to be the only one remaining who has any real motive to kill him. Hmm. Well, we gotta talk to Terry too. Yeah, but it's not Terry. Who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, right. We have to talk to Terry. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, you know, fine, yeah. but cover all our bases is as silly as it might be. And sure. on that note, has Terry been doing anything suspicious? As like sweating. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, are you not? You're not in the room, Kara. Are you? Sweaty Terry. I'm not. I'm not with uh, with uh, Paulina. Uh, I stayed behind with. So, in the observatory, as everybody left to go talk with Paulina, Herrick is standing there, and he just says, "I, I need a drink," and he leaves the room as well. So, you and Terry and Beatrice are there. Uh, Beatrice is just like looking up at Ventress. And Terry is just like staring at the globe. How old are you, Terry? What? How old are you? I guess 79 now. I turn 80 next year. Hmm. How, how, how long have you been working on your merchant business? It's, it's been on and off for probably 45 years. Has it always been silver? Yep. From day one, I looked at silver and I thought everybody needs silver. You know, what can't it do? It can be a spoon. It can kill a werewolf. You know, it's the most versatile of the metals, in my opinion. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what do you think is holding you back? Uh, just circumstances of life. Uh, you know, the, the it's all shoots and ladders, as they say. Uh, I hit a lot of shoots, and uh, I'm not, not finding a lot of ladders, is all. No. Oh. What was, um, what was your most recent... Shoot, would you say? Oh my god, you were gonna make me relive all of my. Is this. You think I'm gonna jump into some confession that I killed my dad because you're gonna make me relive all of my business failures? I don't. I don't really. I don't know. I got laughed out of the market guild in Mox Lorraine. That's my last little slip up. 
I've been sleeping on my buddy Gary's couch. <laughs> waiting to get back on my feet. Oh, Terry. Jesus, Terry. <laughs> Gary? We, uh, we ran into a Gary not too long ago. Yeah? Yeah. I doubt it's my Gary. He doesn't get out much. <laughs> I don't get Do a whole lot of like privacy in his place. It's like caves? a... Cave? No, a little bit better than a cave, but not a whole lot better. But enough rats that it might be a cave. Yeah, he lives in one of the villages just outside of Mox the Rain. Uh, I've just been laying low there. You know, it's a it's a small spot, but I've got my own space there. You know, the, the one side of the couch is mine. I can put all my stuff there. I put some mm-hmm. stuff behind the couch recently, which freed up a lot of space for my feet. I can put them up when I go to sleep now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a rutabaga farmer who lives... Well, he owns the house, but we we rent it. So I get okay. a lot of rutabagas kind of included in the rent. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of ways you could cook a rutabaga. You'd be surprised. <laughs> Jesus, Terry. When you were younger, did you have any, I don't know, particular ambitions? Silvers, and yeah, you always totally. Want to be- I wanted to be a merchant. I figured, you know, my family was getting into all this, all this crazy stuff. I mean, we got run through the donjon all the time when we were kids too, and you know that was uh, that was just too too hectic a lifestyle for me. And I, I wanted to get into the real excitement, you know, be the foundation of uh, of a civilization. I I always dreamed that I would get my silvers up and then just hop on a big silver boat and sail across the seas to somewhere new and exotic and really build the place up from the ground up, have my own town, Terryville, or the, the Terry Kingdom, Kingdom of Terry, mm. Terryland. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I, th- I, just, I had some of these written down. <laughs> Do you come every year for your father's birthday? Oh, yeah, yeah. I cannot turn down a non-Rutabaga meal. <laughs> Makes sense. I, I love Rutabaga, but it really isn't a staple. I beg to differ. Shouldn't. Really? Yes. <laughs> I can't imagine. Well, agree to disagree, I suppose. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go lie down. Yeah. I would like to ask. No, 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 keep going. What is Beatrice look? What is her face doing as we're having this conversation? She's falling asleep standing up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) It's just the fucking like. It's just like, oh yeah, silvers. What can it do? (laughs) Boons, kill werewolves, and then just Kara's perfectly dismissive. Wrecked. (laughs) Oh, Oh, poor Terry. Uh, so where where do you want to investigate? Who's that directed to? Uh, Whoever, anyone. I want to go talk to Beatrice. You want to go talk to Beatrice? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, then I, I think as uh, as you are looking over at Beatrice, whose like head kind of nods forward and bongs against the dome, and then she wakes up, the door opens and uh, every, everybody comes back in. Oh, hello. Hi, Star. I'm glad you're back. Uh, were you alone with Terry? Beatrice is falling asleep. Mm-hmm. 
Are you and Pinky close? Uh, who are you asking? I'm asking, uh, obviously, Terry. Terry? Terry, yeah. <laughs> uh, he, we, we were close, but I, uh, I used to try to like dress him up, and then he, he bit me pretty good, so I, I stopped trying to do that. <laughs> it's just funny when he wears a little hat. <laughs> so, uh, and the rest of you enter. And that's what we enter on now. How do you follow that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is Ventress still looking in through the window? Uh, yeah, v- Ventress is still there, sort of like looking sadly through the window. Um, yeah, and a- as you come back in, her eyes sort of like drift up towards you. I'd like to bow again uh, and then cast message to Ventress okay. if I could. Yeah. Um, your uh, wondrous uh, liege, um, Valendari is at your service. I was hoping you might be able to help. Did you see anything before Kenoid's death? Uh, and you just get back in your head like a rumbling growl, uh, but not of anger, uh, just of sort of understanding and agreement. Uh, not in, uh, It's not in Draconic. It's, it's just growling? No. So I, I think um, like Bree would, would just know this, but you can make a history check about Dragons. You won't? That's a 10. A 10? Yeah, no, it doesn't, it doesn't come back in Draconic. Mm-hmm. But just sort of, I just get the impression of like agreement. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll send a message again. <laughs> Did you see any member of the family or other persons here with Ken? She like nods her head outside, and then uh, places both front claws up against the dome, uh, and just like takes in this deep inhale, and then just sort of opens her mouth, and this rolling fog almost like a like blue vapor starts to course across the outside of the dome freezing it solid uh, just like this, this free, crystalline free form <laughs> free leaves the room at like full speed <laughs> yeah okay uh, so well, we we can we can jump to that uh yeah the dome starts to like freeze and crystallize over and then like i don't know if you've seen videos of like the very deep sea the uh the brine tentacles the freezing brine tentacles yeah um it's like the air itself starts to solidify inside the dome in icy tendrils Mm -hmm. that sort of start to spiral down through the room and they start to coat every part of the room uh they coat they don't stick to any of you though they move down and sort of recreate the whole room in this frost vapor and you see as it drifts down it slowly builds the form of a featureless Ken and a featureless Paulina. And Paulina has her hand extended, pointing at Ken, and Ken is kind of clutching his chest as he looks up and looks towards where Ventress is. And Paulina storms out of the room past you, uh, moving through some of you, just kind of dispersing and moving back together as like this tendril carries her across the room and out the door, and you see Ken just sort of, like, looking up at Ventress. Um, I think I'll, I'll cast message again. Um, incredible. Thank you. Um, was there anyone here after that? So you, you can see, like, the corner of the room starts to, like, sweep and black out, and you see Ventress turning her head away, and her wings, like, furl out. You just see the silhouette of that through the frozen dome. Uh, she doesn't actually fly and then turns back. But you can make, uh, whoever's still in the room, you can each make a perception check or someone can do it with advantage. All right. 
Rowan with advantage. Rowan with advantage. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, 30. 30. Okay. See? Rowan with advantage. So, uh, Rowan, I think like this scene of the two people standing there, you already know this information, and I, I think that inquisitive mind of yours kind of looks around to see how Ventress has recreated this room. Okay. And you notice a couple of things. You notice, one, some of the tendril of ice that comes down actually reconstructs the full standing wardrobe that should be sitting next to the desk but isn't actually there. Okay. You can see as well that Pinky is in the room here. You can see that the the sort of setting of this, there is a small pedestal near where the fire is, and you can see the pearl sitting on that pedestal. Does it have the wings on it as well? There's not that much detail. Okay. It's all just kind of a, a, a sheer white and blue as it's gotcha. made out of this ice. And you can see that like Pinky is standing next to the pearl, and Pinky watches as Paulina leaves, runs past her towards Ken, and runs like in between Ken's legs and towards the wardrobe. And just as the scene sort of starts to fade out as Ventress turns away and her vision is obscured of the room, you see that from under Ken's coat, a very long, sharp, it, it almost looks like a ninja star. It's just four sharp, thin points raises up out of his cloak uh, on it on its own, and it doesn't look like Ken notices that happening. And so, then, okay, the, like a like a ninja star made out of stilettos. It does have four very sharp, long points. Hold on, it came out from under his coat. From yeah. under his coat, so someone yeah. was taking and well, started floating up, but there's nobody there holding it. And and Pinky is watching this as well. Pinky has like run over and is up on the desk and is like fiddling around. Ken's attention is fully up on Ventress, mm. and P Pinky is kind of looking between Ken and the wardrobe. Pinky's looking between Ken and the wardrobe. And then all of that sort of disappears as the ice clears, and the ice just like turns to water on the outside of the dome, breaking off in big sheets and sliding down and sort of crackling to the ground, re-revealing Ventress outside, mm. looking at Valen. I'll, uh, I'll bow as well and, and thank her. Even though she's not looking at me or anything, that's that's about yeah. I mean, I mean, she sees that. She nods. Just this, yeah. Just this sort of pleasant, agreeable nod. It gives me goosebumps when a dragon nods at me. If anyone's paying close <laughs> attention, they'll see that I have goosebumps. <laughs> well, is Pinky here with us right now? Hmm. Pinky is not here. No. Well, well Valen, what did you get from that? Uh, unfortunately, I, I I didn't see much that we didn't already know. Um, Paulina cast finger of death upon Ken and stormed out of the room. We're with everybody, how does, right? How does Terry and or Beatrice react to that? Beatrice, as this is happening, is actually, she's like leaving, like as, as this is happening, and she has actually stopped at the door to sort of watch this play out, and mm. she was like about to leave at when you say Paulina cast finger of death on Ken, and she stops and is like she... Mom killed him? Uh, attempted oh, no. to. Um, was not successful. And Terry as well is like, what? That, That is crazy. Why would she? I don't. Oh, dear. Is Terry lying? Is Terry deceiving uh, make an insight us? Check. Make an insight check. <laughs> I also want to insight Terry. 19. Sure. 19? Wait, no, sorry. Uh, 16. 16. 16. I don't add anything to insight. Yeah, sure, I'll have to roll a check as well. 
Actually, I'm kind of curious about Beatrice. I want to inside Beatrice. I take it. Inside back. Beatrice? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and yours is a 16 on Beatrice? Yes. Okay. I uh, rolled a 17 for 24 insight. 24. Okay. He is genuinely shocked by this, and that point is proven further when he faints. <gasps> oh, God. <laughs> uh, hmm. As... F- <laughs> As for Beatrice, when you're looking at her star, um, she also looks genuinely shocked. Uh, like, you can see that she w- it, she was sort of trying to slip out. Um, and when this news comes in, like, that stopped whatever she was thinking of doing. And now mm. she's, yeah, genuinely shocked. Uh, Beatrice, where are you going? She just says, this is all just too much. She really, she tried to kill him. Yes, you... Uh, you probably have much to talk about, but uh, we would like to talk to you first. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> still trying to do this investigation, so, uh, you know, uh, now's not the time to point fingers quite yet, uh, if you'll pardon the pun. <laughs> yes, that's a clever choice of words. Um, <laughs> well, uh, very well, ask, ask away, what, are your, what, what do you need? You, you can see that Rowan gets, like, visibly relieved that uh, things didn't escalate with that reveal. Well, well, we've already looked in a, in a few of your rooms. I'm uh, wondering if maybe you come with us and we could have a look through yours and you, just to see if there's anything out of place or, or anything you might be missing. There's another question I have, which is, did Kara actually share the, the paper with us? I forget. I didn't, but we talked about... Yeah, she... We talked about it. She yeah. basically told us all that. Oh, yeah, she basically told us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah, right, right. I came back and I was like, I was spying. So she, she says, uh, what could you possibly find in my room? What do you... What do you need? What are you looking for? That's for us to know. Well, um, if we told you, then... You can do an intimidation or a persuasion. Oh, persuasion. Sure. Uh, can I, if I give him, if I give her, like, my friendliest face and smile, will that give him advantage? I, I think, like, the all of you kind of have the, the eye on her now, so I, I would give that advantage, yeah. 22. Yeah, she is reluctant, but she's, she says yes, okay, sure. No, don't worry. It'll it will be fine. I mean, we've we've searched everyone else's room before, except Terry. Just, uh, yeah, except Terry. <laughs> except Terry. Like <laughs> Scar looks at Terry's fainted form on the ground. Yeah, he's um, on the ground. He's like Gary. No, no tickling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, does Pinky have a room? <laughs> I assume he would share Ken's room. Yeah, well, we're not done with Pinky yet. Either. In any case, we're just checking everyone's room. We're looking around. There's a few clues we found. Think of it as a formality. If there's nothing to hide, then there's nothing to hide, right? Right. Okay, um, this way. Uh, and before we go there, uh, Bree, where did you run? You would have exploded out of the observatory into okay, the front hall with that. Jeeves. Uh, in the front hallway with Jeeves, I w- probably would have just blown right past Jeeves and opened a random door, trying to think of like what is the safest, most secure room in the house, like a basement or something. Okay. Roll a D6. Let me look at my one. One? Find the dungeon. Open the <laughs> <laughs> And you're thinking about the most secure room. Like I want to like I'm thinking of a room without windows. Okay. I am convinced uh, you the dragon opened... just attacked that room because there was a conversation held over telepathy and then it started <laughs> using a breath weapon. <laughs> yeah. Very fair. Very reasonable. Very fair. Very reasonable assumption. Uh, you open the door to the study. You run inside. You see with his sword drawn. Yes. General Noir standing off against Herrick. 
nerds! Guess that dragon didn't need everyone, which I think is the biggest mystery we've seen in this whole thing. Good news, I guess. Other good news! This lame podcast just got a thousand followers on Twitter, and they're doing a giveaway of some rockin' D&D adventures. Go check out Wonder and Blunder on Twitter to enter. There you go, Unconscious Mike, I read your sticky note. Now, can I eat everything in your fridge? Oh, sure, Frito. Mi casa es su casa, you cool fellow. Thanks, pal! He totally said that, by the way. See you next freak, you freaks!